The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Philo TV. Do you love TV but hate the size of your cable bill? Philo is your solution. It offers more than 50 channels of TV live and on demand for just $20 a month. Forget the 50 channels, Rechna. Uh, you know <laughs> your girl only needs one. Yeah, but you've gotten like so much more than your $20 worth. It's just like a nonstop feed in your home. HGTV, we're talking about HGTV, by the way, if you guys don't know. HGTV has really led me into this new chapter of my life where I think that I'm this like handyman and I don't think <laughs> it's necessarily a good thing. My partner and I have decided that we're going to build <laughs> we're going to build a deck by ourselves. You think you're the property brother, the one who doesn't wear a tie. Like you think you're that guy. <laughs> the one that's like the <laughs> odd one out. Yeah, I'm the property sister and it's not, I don't know if it's a, if it's a good thing yet. Uh, with Philo, you save hundreds a month on TV. It's the most affordable way to watch at a time when everyone could use some entertainment in their life. Philo was created by a bunch of passionate TV fans that wanted to make a better way to watch. There are no contracts. It's cord-free, commitment-free, hassle-free, and provides unparalleled customer service. One of the better features is its unlimited DVR, which allows you to save all of your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. It also allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams so everyone in the house can have their own saved shows and up to three simultaneous streams. Never fight over who gets to pick what to watch. Philo is easy to use, super easy to sign up, and you can watch by phone, laptop, tablet, or TV with Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, or Android TV. Philo is TV for everyone. Sign up today at philo.tv shame and you'll get 25% off your first two months. That's P-H-I-L-O TV slash shame. Hey everyone, I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rechna Fruchtbaum. And this is Hall of Shame. Hey girl, hey. Hi Rachel. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I drank a little bit too much tequila last night. And by a little bit, I mean a lot too much. I love it. <laughs> I was celebrating the end of Pride with my best friend, and um, he's really the only one that can make me forcibly take shots over Zoom. So that's a thing that I discovered. That's um, amazing. Rechna, I just said it's almost the end of Pride, which means it's almost July. More specifically, it's almost the 4th of July. Is this not absolutely insane how fast time is moving right now even though we're all stuck inside doing nothing yeah Does that it's make this sense? weird thing it reminds me of newborn times where they say like the days are so slow but the weeks and months go by so fast it's it's wild it's but it's gonna be july 4th soon and i was thinking what is more patriotic than good old american football so my story today is about football. We've only done this one other time, which is crazy because it's the most popular sport in America. But the season, of course, doesn't start in theory until the fall. We, we hope that it starts, but we're not sure what's going to happen. 
But even though it doesn't start to the fall, it's been in the news quite a bit lately. Just this month, Roger Goodell announced that the NFL was wrong and should have listened to players' early racism concerns and that the league condemns racism and should support its black players, though he never mentioned Colin Kaepernick by name. He did later say that he supports and in fact encourages a team to sign Kaepernick. Mm. Q JoJo's too little, too late. Yeah, it's a little like, okay, dude. Come on. Ugh. Come on. So Drew Brees has also been in the news this month. He has. And let's just talk about Drew Brees for a hot, hot sec, because he's a minor player in today's story, which I will get to, I promise. Ooh. I'm sure all of you are aware that he came out a few weeks ago and said that he would never agree with people disrespecting the American flag. And completely missed the point on why players were kneeling in the first place like so many people frustratingly did. Drew was met with a lot of backlash from players across the league, guys on his own team. Rightfully so. Fans, Rechna and Rachel, and (laughs) rightly so. We had quite a text exchange about it. Well, let me me tell you. So he came back and apologized and said he's learning. And Rechna, we were talking about this. And I think that you said something that was really smart. Do you remember what it was? No. Because I was kind of like, well, fuck (laughs) Drew Brees. Like, screw this guy. And you were like, well, hold on. Yes, absolutely. Fuck this guy. But we need to give people the chance to be sorry and change. Do you remember saying something like that? Yes, if we want change, then we got to let people change because... People got to change. That doesn't mean we got to give them gold medals. Like Drew Brees doesn't deserve some sort of like plaque for what he did. We can like totally call him out. He deserved to be dragged. Thousand Mm -hmm. percent. And then when he's like, all right, I'm unlearning. I'm relearning. It's like, okay, we will give you the space to do that. And we'll be open to the change. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are just, it's just like lip service that they're saying like, I get it now. I understand. Sure. I know that's the hesitation to like give it too much credit. So because it's tough, but we do, you're right, we have to let these people change and we need to hold them accountable. And Correct. We have to hold them accountable to like actually enact real change and not just yeah. pay it. It was either Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen that said, we need to check in a week from now, a month from now, Correct. six months from now, a year from now, That's and it. make sure that he is still this Drew Brees and the Roger Goodells that they mm-hmm. have promised themselves to be. Yes, that they're not just pre-written statements, but that there's action that back up those statements. Yeah. We appreciate yes. that Drew is trying to learn, obviously, and we're going to give him the chance to prove himself. Yeah. What he said earlier was ignorant, and I hope he has grown from this and really started to change. So let's just keep holding the Drew Breeses of the world accountable, yeah? Yeah. If his epiphany starts now, let's allow it and see where it goes. Sound good? And you and I are the arbiters of what's allowed by NFL quarterbacks. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we're kind of those two that they've selected. Yes. We have cards. We have business cards. It's fine. Yeah. Um, We've said our piece about Drew Brees. Now it's time to get to the story, shall we? So we in the sports world, sports fans, people that cover sports, yada, 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 we've dealt with a lot of gates. There is a spy gate, one, Mm. two, three, four, 567. I'm sure there's more to come. Um, Deflate gate. Uh. That was a good one. Tiger gate, foot gate. What? Banana gate. Banana gate. I'm confused. Is that like players getting hurt on a banana boat? That's what I I like to imagine. I made that one up. I like it. I made that one up. But you believed it because it's probably... (laughs) 
probably happened. Um, but today, I am so excited. We are talking about Bounty Gate. <gasps> yes. Do you know I kind of don't know a ton about it? I mean, I know the basics. I can't wait. Right. I'm so excited. So same. I feel like some may be familiar with this story and like obviously Bounty Gate and that's sure. like you know, a notable title name. I don't know. But like you, I knew the basics because it only happened back in 2010. It's not, sure. you know. Back when you were 12 years old or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, asshole. And I was like 73. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some details in here, Reshta, that I was not aware of. And I, maybe it, uh, it's going to be the wait. same for you. And this story goes pretty deep. And I'm going to warn you, it is pretty fucked up. So we can't wait. <laughs> Can I feel like the more, the more fucked up the story, we're like, yeah. yes. All right. I want to start at the 2010 NFC Championship game. Brett Favre and the Minnesota Vikings to take on the New Orleans Saints. The winner goes on to Super Bowl 44. It's the NFC Championship game. Now it's time to play football. Between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Okay. Whoever wins this NFC Championship game goes to the Super Bowl. Right. So this is high stakes, baby. The Vikings were led by Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. Now, we all know Brett Favre to be the Green Bay Packers quarterback. He's got a storied history with the Packers. But he retired in 2008. Okay, this is 2010. Mm -hmm. 2008, he got bored in retirement, I can only assume. Decided to come out of retirement and is now back in the swing of things with the Vikings. I don't know about you, but I hate it since we're in charge of the league, you and I. Yeah. And we we make the decision. Should we I, become the commissioners of the NFL? I don't hate that idea, you know? Okay. <laughs> I like it, too. I hate it when quarterbacks have, like, they're just known for being on a certain team, like Brett Favre, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Sure. And then they leave. Like, yeah. these photos came out of Tom Brady in the Bucks uniform, and they're so gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the stakes are high, right? Sure. Win and you're in. Brett Favre hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 1998. Okay, so it's been 12 years. It's been since a then, minute. Is this like when he also emailed his dick to some lady? <gasps> there was like a whole dick pit gate. I don't remember a Brett Favre dick pit gate. Well, next week. Different pod, I guess. All right, <laughs> keep going. We're going to dive in on that one. Okay, so this game was really intense. In the first sure. quarter, the, the Saints fell down 14 to 7. Pump fake. Touchdown, Minnesota. Sidney Rice, his fourth of this postseason. Then they tied it up in the second. Third down and ten. Breeze down the middle has Reggie Bush. Then the Saints went ahead in the third. Breeze can't find anywhere to go with it. Now does. And no touchdown. The catch by Reggie Bush, and they're going to mark him short. And that's worth a challenge because it looked to me like it was inside the pylon. Here's a call. Reviewing the play, the receiver broke the plane of the goal line. Vikings came back in the fourth quarter to tie it up. Peterson pounds it to the goal line and in. Touchdown, Minnesota. They went into overtime. These games are the most fun. The most fun. Back to back. So much is on the line. It's amazing. So in overtime, this little known Saints kicker named Garrett Hartley Hartley. hit a 40-yard field goal. Sends the Saints. To win the game, New Orleans explodes. They erupt. This guy becomes the most famous person in Louisiana for at least a month. At (laughs) least a month. The Saints defeat the Vikings, and on to the Super Bowl they go. So good. This game was a roller coaster for a couple of reasons. It was very back and forth, as I just mentioned. 
And the highlight, or low light rather, was that this game was unusually rough. Favre in trouble, floats it out of the reach of Chester Taylor, but a flag comes down, and it was Hargrove who ended up on top of Favre. More rough than your regular football game. Which is a really hard bar to pass. Yeah. That is the third personal foul, but Troy Brett Favre doesn't look healthy as he staggers around and now squats down at the 30-yard line. Favre, who ESPN rudely said looked every bit his 40 years, like... Ouch, babe. Wow. I'm in the NFL and I'm 40. Growing shade. (laughs) That's kind of hilarious. So Favre said it was the most violent game he had played in in his entire career in the NFL. And he played in some rough games. And he played for over 20 years. Yeah. That's insane. In that game, there was some head ringing. There was some, some fogginess. There were two times in which I was hit by Darren Sharper late. He lunged at my head, and both of them were pretty devastating hits. Um, but I stayed in the game. One, they threw a flag. One, they didn't. Why they didn't throw the other, I, I have no idea. But if head ringing or, or fireworks going off is a concussion, yeah, I did have that. You, you know, it was a violent. The game itself is violent. Things are going to happen. But that one, that game in particular was probably the most violent that uh, I have ever experienced. If head ringing or fireworks is a concussion, yeah, I did have that. Oh, my God. So brutal. I'm no doctor. I am the commissioner of the NFL, but I'm no doctor. When we're commissioner, we are going (laughs) to make some changes. That definitely sounds like he was maybe dealing with a concussion. And remember, this is 2010. I agree with your diagnosis, Dr. Bonetta. Thank you. Thank you. It's not like people didn't know about... CTE. Right. So the fact that the ref didn't call that second hit is a little messed up. It's problematic. Yeah. For context, let me explain CTE for those of you that might not know what it is. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a neurodegenerative disease caused by repeated head injuries. Symptoms may include behavioral problems, mood problems, and problems with thinking. Does Donald Trump have it? Oh, gotcha. Oh, shit. (laughs) Anyway. CTE was well talked about at this point. Goodell was adamant that the NFL was doing research about this issue. A few years prior, in 2007, Goodell even had a concussion summit where he gathered physicians and athletic trainers from every team to attend a conference on mild traumatic brain injury. They even, Regna, handed out pamphlets. Right. You can't ignore a pamphlet. No, you like just you, can't. You get a pamphlet and you're like, this is real. This is real. Like, there's a month where I was Mormon because I got a pamphlet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they weren't doing that much, but the conversations were happening. Sure. And it was a part of the narrative around football. Everybody's aware. Everyone's aware. CTE. It was known that repeated head injuries were not great. Hilarious that we had to be made aware of that. Just insane. I feel like that would be a given, but. Yeah. So back to that NFC championship game. The New Orleans Saints win. Go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They win that too. They become the 2010 Super Bowl champions. That's something. So uh, <laughs> it's at this point in the story after the Saints' big Super Bowl win that I would like to introduce you to the defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints, Greg Williams. We mm-hmm. already know him because we're mm-hmm. Browns fans. We're yeah, Famils. We this was back then. Greg Williams was riding high off that Super Bowl win with the Saints and feeling pretty damn good. 
Before coaching on the Saints, this guy had been all over the NFL. He's been the defensive coordinator of the Jaguars, the Titans, the team that will not be mentioned because of the racist name, the Rams. Mm -hmm. He's been the head coach of the Browns, like I just mentioned. This guy's NFL passport is full of stamps, if you will. Mm, Love that. I guess I'm a writer too, Reginald. Yeah. (laughs) So this man is a big deal. He's largely responsible for the Saints' Super Bowl win, and it turns out entirely responsible for their unusually aggressive defensive line in the most nefarious way possible. And little did he know, the NFL was conducting an entire investigation into him and his team behind closed doors. Now, the plot thickens. I'm going to tell you about this hot little investigation after the break. (gasps) Gotcha. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Miller High Life. Miller High Life is an unpretentious quality beer with refreshing refreshing champagne-like tiny bubbles in an iconic glass bottle. Miller Life low-key, high-key is one of my favorite beers, truly. Same. Simple summer moments don't have to be big to call for a celebration. Uh, No, they do not. I celebrate just getting pants on these days. Sure. I mean, I feel like these days in particular, you know, celebrate the real small things. Yeah. That's what we got. Like putting on a bra. I love Miller High Life. It like always delivers. Well, Miller High Life is truly the champagne of beers. And I love that it's called that. So good. Quality beer within everyone's reach created to bring pride to the simple things in life. An iconic brand you can be proud to hold. Miller High Life has been faithfully brewed the same way since its start on New Year's Eve in 1903. If it ain't broke, baby, don't fix it. So true. Also hilarious that like they were like, guys... I know this is bad timing, but we're going to need you to come in on New Year's Eve because that's day one. Or is it the perfect time to I think create it's perfect. booze? You're already boozing. I got an idea for new beer, you guys. <laughs> Happy New Year's. Starting in May, August, raise a can to celebrate summer's simple moments with Miller High Life. This summer, Miller High Life will release limited edition champagne cans to celebrate summer's special simple moments. In stores now. That's fun. So fun. In stores now, available for a limited time only. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, a quality beer within everyone's reach. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Parade. Parade was launched by two best friends, Cammie and Jack, in October 2019. Cammie, the CEO, is a first-generation Latina. All their underwear start at $9 and are made with breathable cotton liner and packaged in 100% compostable packaging that biodegrades within 300 days. Their replay style is made of recycled nylon yarns, and for every sale made, 1% goes to Planned Parenthood. Yes! I just read that Planned Parenthood is also doing COVID tests. They do everything. They're They're lifesavers. The fucking best. Also these underwear. Also lifesavers? Also lifesavers. They're really cute. They They come in awesome colors. I love. Parade features four unique core styles. Thong, boy short, cheeky, and brief, in addition to their high-rise thong and high-cut thong with sizes ranging from extra small to triple extra large. With Parade, you have the option of choosing from over 20 different colors, so you truly select the style and look you love best. You can even match your outfit to the Parade underwear you're wearing. So cute. Their underwear is truly buttery soft and designed to never dig in or roll down. I have to say, it's so comfy. I didn't think that I would ever use buttery to describe my (laughs) undies, but guess what? I am, because that is exactly what they are. Talk to you about like a Chardonnay and a pair of Parade undies. 
and you're deep and buttery. Ooh! Parade has been featured in Refinery29, Hype Bay, The Zoe Report, Forbes, BuzzFeed, Man Repeller, Fashionista, Yahoo, Seventeen, Paper, Nylon, The Cute, Coveture, Pop Sugar, Allure, and InStyle. Selena Gomez even wore the parade scarf in her cover shoot for Dazed. Go to yourparade.com slash hall of shame for 20% off five or more pairs. That's yourparade.com slash hall of shame for 20% off five or more pairs. Yourparade.com slash hall of shame. See site for detail. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Okay, we're back, and you're probably wondering why the NFL is investigating a team that just won the dang Super Bowl. They're not the Patriots. This isn't Bella Cheat we're talking about. This is the Saints. <laughs> Literally, their name is the Saints. I'm just putting that together. Wow. Mm. Well, as it turns out, the 2010 NFC Championship game against Minnesota, where the Saints demolished Brett Favre, raised quite a few suspicions, and apparently... This wasn't the first time the Saints' actions were questioned. Mm. In 2010, anonymous allegations were reported to NFL officials that the Saints had been specifically targeting and injuring players in an effort to get them out of the game. Oh, my God. You might think, well, yeah, that's football. But. No. It's darker than that. Ugh. As it turns out, it was an incredibly brutal Arizona Cardinals game plus the Brett Favre Minnesota game that was the catalyst for a two-year investigation into the New Orleans Saints. And the shit that they dug up was wild. Greg Williams, again, mm-hmm. the defensive coordinator, in charge of the men on this field. His actions weren't just dangerous. They were a part of a bigger, fucked-up conspiracy within the Saints organization. The team operated a system where Saints staff, literally everyone from, like, coaches, leadership, to the occasional wealthy friend of the team, to literal players, would buy in and pool their money together. From that pool, they paid out bonuses to players for taking opponents out. Oh, my God. Those bonuses were called bounties, hence the name Bounty Gate. That is wild. Players would be paid out $1,000 for a card off, $1,500 for a knockout hit, and payouts apparently doubled or even tripled during the team's three playoff appearances. Also, just like for perspective, is $1,500, like to knock someone out? These people make a ton of money. They make a shit ton of money. So this is just like chump change for them, which kind of makes it even messier. It's gross no matter what, but it makes it that much grosser to me. Yeah. The pool was said to have reached $50,000 at a certain point. Oh That's God. That makes more sense. 50000 to, I mean, it doesn't make sense at all, but <laughs> makes more sense than a, a, a grand. Yeah. Which it's is like, probably what you they give have me five dollars to knock out Brett Favre. I'm in. <laughs> no problem. Saints players would also get paid extra money if they carried out hits on certain players. They put hits on big name sure. guys: Kurt Warner, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre were all targets. 
That's disgusting. And Greg Williams was basically said to be the evil architect of this all. Greg Williams is a Greg Williams? piece of what the fuck shit. Throughout the investigation, there was a lack of evidence that directly tied the Saints officials, like the coaches, to the scandal. But then in 2012, the NFL received proof that Greg Williams was G-U-I-L-T-Y. The smoking gun came in the form of a videotape, and the guy that submitted that tape was documentarian Sean Pamphilon. Pamphilon had been granted access to the Saints team while making a doc about retired safety for the Saints, Steve Gleason. Steve Gleason, sadly, was and still is battling ALS. He is a badass. Highly recommend you Google who this guy is. He's the best. He's cool. This videotape was taken during a meeting Greg Williams held with his defense before the 2012 divisional playoff game against the 49ers. In a very disturbing speech, Greg encouraged his players to tear players' ACLs, which is a a gnarly injury. Oh my God, that's a potentially career-ending injury. On how many times we can beat Frank Gore's head. All of this is horrifying. We need to decide how many times we can bull rush and we can fucking put Vernon Davis's ankles on the pile. It's truly terrible. I've had nightmares. Ugh. He told them to target players with histories of concussions, Rechna. My God. It's disgusting. Kill the head and the body will die. And here's him talking about 49ers running back Frank Gore. A lot of guys up at the top. Kill the head and the body will die. Oh, my God. We want him running sideways. We want his head sideways. Just to reiterate, okay, Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints, is telling his players to kill Frank Gore's head. We want him running sideways. We want his head sideways. Listen, I understand that coaches go into NFL locker rooms and they like try and get these guys pumped up and they're like, we're out for blood. But it is quite disturbing to to hear it. This is not a pump up speech. This is borderline criminal, if not straight up criminal. I don't think it's on the border. I think it's (laughs) all the way there. So this is this is fucked up. He ends the meeting by reminding his players to never apologize for the way they compete. Which is dirty. You're in this room, you understand that we don't apologize. And then apparently ended the meeting with a motivational DVD. Could you imagine? Like, (laughs) we want to murder this person. Anyways, now watch this DVD. And then he's like, and now I'm gonna play Desiree's You Gotta Be. I don't know the word. With the discovery of this new evidence, the NFL released a statement announcing the Saints coaches and between 22 and 27 of the players were associated with this bounty program. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And boy, oh boy, did people lose their shit. This was all over the news, rightly so. Yeah. The Saints head coach, Sean Payton, was suspended for a year without pay. Good. $7 million down the toilet. Deserved. This was the first time the NFL had ever suspended a head coach for any length of time. Isn't that surprising? So more on Sean Payton's involvement in a hot sec. As the investigation goes public, Greg Williams was suspended indefinitely for his role. They have suspicions because... This suspended indefinitely stuff infuriates me. It's like, this guy should be being booked, perhaps. Yeah. 
So they actually have suspicions he was doing this with the other 3,000 teams he coached. sure. And I wouldn't doubt it. So the assistant head coach was suspended without pay for the first six games. Saints general manager Mickey Loomis suspended for the first eight games of the season. Bountygate had absolutely everyone involved. I'm surprised somebody from ticketing didn't get fucked, too. (laughs) Saints were fined $500,000. Okay. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) LOL. I'm just saying, like, when you think about how much those teams make, $500,000 is, like, what literally a dollar is to me. Millions. I mean, just think about what they pay one athlete. Like, it's... So they lost two second-round draft picks in 2012 and 2013. Not first-rounders. Second-rounders. Second-rounders, yeah. We don't want to, like... We don't want to make it that harsh on you guys, so... We want to show that we're, like punishing them but we don't actually want to punish them so if we want specifics on players this is a good one apparently defensive captain jonathan vilma offered ten thousand dollars in cash to any player who knocked brett Favre out of the nfc championship game he was given a full season suspension and three other players received shorter suspensions a few months later the new nfl commissioner paul tegliabu decided to overturn all of those punishments so no one's suspensions. You stuck. know what? Classic. <laughs> Classic capital C. So if there's anything we're learning, it's just that there's no accountability <sighs> for Listen, anyone with this privilege. This is obviously a terrible story and everything that's happened is terrible, but I do low-key love when this drama unfolds, like deflate gate, <sighs> bounty gate. Sure. I can't get enough of it. Everyone was in shock. Everyone wanted to talk about it. Drew Brees not our guy, tweeted, I am speechless. Sean Payton is a great man, coach, and mentor. (laughs) The best there is. I need to hear an explanation for this punishment. He's got to start, like, having some conversations before he tweets. (laughs) Like somebody else. The head coach, Sean Payton, okay, claimed to not know anything. But after going through his emails, they found a message from his friend Mike Ornstein that stated, P.S., Greg Williams put me down for $5,000 on Rogers. He had that in his inbox. Of course he knew. Everyone knew. It was going on right in front of them. So Mike Ornstein was one of those friends of the team, like I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be buddies with Sean Payton. He actually works in marketing, is a convicted felon, and was convicted for mail fraud and money laundering. Hilariously, because of Super Bowl ticket scalping, allegedly. <laughs> So Sean Payton was clearly lying and knew about the bounty shit all along. The conspiracy to purposefully injure opposing players funneled all the way to the top. And this wasn't some low-key underground bounty pool. The New Orleans head coach was fully aware. It's crazy. Sean Pamphalon, mm-hmm. our whistleblower, our guy. Just a documentarian trying to make a documentary about a good dude with ALS. Yeah, and then he gets like sucked into this. Honestly, his story is also interesting because he came out with this and then was just like shitted on. Like people hate when you try to ruin something that they love. It's kind of like people hate when you try and do the right thing. Because they're like, <laughs> when you try and do the right thing, it shines a light on how I'm not doing the right thing. And that exactly. makes me feel bad. I want to stay in my own little bubble and yeah. watch football, I be aggressive. I don't want to light shined on the fact that I'm not doing the right thing. 
Don't ruin this for me. So Sean Pamphlon, our whistleblower, very brave to come Big out. Fan. He got shat all over during this whole process. It really sucks. He said that Drew was texting him and calling him after he found out that Sean had this tape. Drew. Being like, hey, buddy, uh, we should not put this out. Drew, don't make me regret being open to you changing. We should not put this out right now. Wait for the right time. Like, sketchy. Sketchy business. So you and I are going to add to our merch list uh, Team Pamphalon shirts. Team Pamphalon jackets. Book them. So everyone knew, okay, how could they not? This was happening on their team, in their locker room, before their eyes on the field. You'd have to be an idiot not to know, truly. Mm -hmm. Around this time, there were so many cases of CTE. Obviously not all related to the Saints, but holy shit, this is so obviously an issue. In 2011, what would have been right in the middle of Bounty Gate, retired Arizona Cardinals player Dave Dewerson commits suicide by shooting himself in the chest. And he left a note asking for his brain to be studied. Uh, Please see that my brain is given to the NFL's brain bank. Uh, he shot himself in the chest so that somebody could look at his brain. And neurologists studied his brain and confirmed he had CTE. He was right. Of course. One year after that, in 2012, two football players commit suicide. Ray Easterling and Junior Seau, they were both diagnosed with CTE. So sad. And everyone obviously knows the Aaron Hernandez story by now. If you don't, highly recommend you Google that. There is also a very good documentary on Netflix. CTE is a very real thing that men are dying from. Yeah, and if they're not dying, they're killing other people. Like, people think O.J. Simpson... Probably a CTE. CTE. Yeah. So this isn't just Ugh. another tactic to win games. These are people's lives, like their bodies. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. I don't play football, obviously. And a lot of people are just going to say, like, well, this is the game. This is the game of football. No. Even Brett Favre said this. It's football. I don't think anything less of those guys. I would have loved to play with Vilma. Hell of a player. That was the guy that took the bounty out on him. I've got a lot of respect for Greg Williams. He's a great coach. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Uh, In all honesty, there's a bounty of some kind on you on every play. Man, just drinking that Kool-Aid. Are these guys just so used to the insane? Like, it's that institutional, you know. This like is just par them. for the course. Like, yeah. yeah, of course, there's a there's a bounty on us of some kind. It's so sad to accept that as a reality. Violence is just so embedded in the culture of football that violence doesn't even register as violence. It's just like part of the game. Um, there have been some new rules over the past few years that were put in place mm -hmm. to protect players more, like the helmet rule, who a lot, there was a lot of people that had problems with these. So you can't hit with the crown of your head anymore. You got to hit with your body. They obviously have concussion protocol now where a player will be pulled out of the game after a big hit and go through a series of tests to make sure they're not concussed. Because sure. like Brett Favre, a lot of guys would just try and shake it off and keep playing. So... Things are changing slowly. It's met with a lot of backlash anytime they try and do anything right. I wish that like masculinity within it also was like, oh, science and medicine are masculine also. <laughs> and like we should believe um, them. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic masculinity is something. Ugh. So speaking of things that haven't changed, I know what you guys are all thinking. I wonder what old... Greg Williams is up to now, probably fired and hopefully living in shame under a rock somewhere. Nope. One can dream. He is a coach in the NFL. In fact, he was reinstated Ugh. one year later. 
and has been working in the NFL this whole entire time. Currently, no consequences. Defensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Happy 4th of July, America. I love living in your country. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> okay, Roger Goodell, deal with that. We are coming for your job. How is that guy allowed to coach? I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about a lot in the NFL, but good Lord, that is frustrating. Um, so anyways, that's the story of Bountygate. Please vote for Retchen and I for <laughs> the new NFL, NFL commissioner. commissioners. We'll be on the ballot we'll on the in ballot November. November. Is that how it works? Um, we should probably figure out how. We should do some research about job. how we become NFL mm-hmm. commissioners. But we promise we will make the league safer and more fun. Safer, but still fun. And we'll hand out pamphlets. We're huge fans. Which is very exciting. Uh, so that was that. Pretty wild, huh? Oh, my God. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes, thank you for listening. We're going to be back next week with a brand new story that I'm sure is just as wild. We'll see you then. Bye. Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.